I got hooked on Prove It. That's my song. There's a lot in there that says how to live, makes a statement. The nice thing about it is seeing it in 78 is we got to see that version of it, which has never been done live, except for a few times a few years ago. It makes that song very special and unique to me. But Darkness, though, just fit the time of when I was growing up with what was happening. I was leaving my hometown of Iowa, in Iowa, to go to Iowa City. My folks had just gotten divorced. It was like venturing out on my own. And a lot of that music, I mean, it just related to what I was going through. everyone and welcome to a new episode of set lusting bruce your podcast all about bruce springsteen his music as mostly his fans i am your host jesse jackson and joining me tonight is a new friend he reached out to me chris nearling uh emailed me and said hey i want to be on the podcast i've got some stories to tell so that's all it takes to be on the show chris welcome how you doing I am great. Uh, so tell us a little about yourself. Um, I live in Ocala, Florida, Bellevue, Florida. I've been here for 40 years. I grew up in Iowa. Um, I started with Bruce in 78 and I've been hooked ever since. Well, uh, that, that sounds, that's, I like that. I like that a lot. No, see, normally, uh, I grew up in Jersey is where I get a lot of people that, you know, so I love that it's Iowa. Well, before we get to the regular show, Chris, I got to ask you, how are you been doing during the pandemic? Everything okay? Yeah, I run a carpet cleaning business myself and my daughter, and um, it didn't bother us a bit. Oh, that's good. Yep. We didn't slow down. We just kept right on going. Well, everyone's at home, so they, they're looking at the dirty carpet going, we need this clean. Yeah. Um, I'm in Florida, so we're not locked down and okay. go through all the other stuff that other states are. Okay. Very good. Well, cool. Well, um, tell me, growing up, you said you grew up in Iowa. Uh, what kind of, with your family, were, was your family into a lot of music? Were your parents, did your parents love music? Um, my dad, not really. It was more like Neil Diamond. My mom was Moody Blues, a little bit of the Doors and stuff. Um, not much though. I was the oldest, so I wasn't, didn't have like an older brother or sister to turn me on to some of this. Yes. So a lot of it was by, by the time I left high school, 77, um, and moved to Iowa City, I got exposed to a lot more. So, um, did... We didn't have a radio station per se. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. You didn't have a small station you listened to. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, were you, uh, you, we talk a lot about this. Um, do you have younger brothers and sisters? Yes. And were you an influence on them? Yes. Okay. Very nice. That's very good. Cool. So um, you, you mentioned you moved to a different city Um and you've already mentioned Bruce, but what, what kind of, what led you to getting, finding new music and uh, you know, and what kind of music were you exploring? Rock and roll. Yeah. I mean, that's what we, that's what we grew up with. It just um, 
without having like a real rock station that we could listen to, it wasn't until I got out of Cresco that I got into stuff. Although Bruce was exposed to me just by a friend of mine that had older brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just, we drove around listening to darkness hour after hour. And, and is that because of your friend's brother is like, Oh, you guys should listen to this. You know, that's too long ago. Okay. I understand <laughs> that feeling. Uh, so I graduated high school in 1977. So, okay. So, yeah. Okay. So we're the same age. Yes. Uh, that was a long time ago. Absolutely. Well, go back to that time. And can you think about it, articulate what about his music spoke to you? I got hooked on Prove It. That's my song. Okay. Um, there's a lot in there that says how to live. Okay. Makes a statement. Um the nice thing about it is seeing it in 78 is we got to see that version of it, which has never been done live except for a few times a few years ago, which yeah. makes that song very special and unique to me. Um, but darkness, though, just fit the time when I was growing up with what was happening. I was leaving my hometown of Iowa in Iowa to go to Iowa City. My folks had just gotten divorced. Um, it was like venturing out on my own. Okay. Literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that music, I mean, it just related to what I was going through. Yeah. Were you going off to go to school? Were you getting a job? What, what, what was leading um, you out of town? I went to um, University of Iowa for a summer and then into the year, and I just could not get into school. It just wasn't my thing. So I started, um, I was, was a receiving clerk for a drug chain, um, like a Walgreens type chain for about sure. 50 stores. Okay. And then um, getting into a little trouble here and there. Um, I ended up coming to Florida with my folks because they had a carpet cleaning business in Gainesville and I joined that. Okay. And uh, and kind of have made a career out of it. Exactly. Yeah. 40 years later. Yes. <laughs> I would say so. uh, that is awesome. That is very cool. Um, so you, you talked about Prove It All Night just kind of spoke to you and Darkness album at all. Um, once you started hearing that, did you go and try to find other Springsteen albums? I'm like, talk to me about once you heard that, what was the next step in your journey? Once I moved to Florida and started cleaning, I had money to be able to, I got into collecting, major, okay. major collecting. If it had Bruce's name on it, it went into a room. Yeah. And you talked a little about that in your email. Um, so do you still have stuff from that original, like when you first started uh, buying and collecting, do you still have a lot of that material? Yes. Um, I kept, I, I built, I had everything in like a seven by seven closet. I mean, literally everything. Yeah. Um, I got to be too much. Um, I still have the, the blinded by the light, sleeve and the 45 um i eventually found the poster from the iowa city show that was my first show um so that with a ticket um i have all my tickets and stuff but a lot of the stuff that i collected um michael took Mm -hmm. this friend of mine that ended up buying who by the way i guess you know who he is and that is who 
Michael Glazier, the guy from Germany. Oh, okay, yeah. I mentioned to him that I was going to be on the podcast, and he says, "Yeah, I know who you are. He, who you were." Um, and he would kind of shy away from because of his English. I'm like, Michael, you got to do it. Yeah, so. absolutely, he's got to. Like, we can we can take the time. Yeah, I'd love to have that. Yeah. Um, you know, um, you well, you mentioned seeing your first time. When was that show? Six thirteen seventy eight. Nice. Iowa City, Iowa, Hancher Auditorium. Yeah. And I, um, I always, um, I have, that's one of my regrets, Chris, is um, I did not really discover Bruce um, till 1980 when a friend of my wife's moved back. She had gone to school on the East Coast, came back talking about this guy, Bruce, and I ended up buying the river, and that's the first I'd heard of him. Um, though vaguely, I do remember um i was at a concert and to they were playing darkness um as they were um building the stage and my date right. at the time really was impressed by that album and uh so but i didn't really know um so one of my regrets is that i never saw him you know, when I was like 18 or 19, that I lived in Lake Charles, Louisiana, which is only three hours away from Houston. And I'm like, gosh, you know, if I'd known, I could have, you know, got to Houston and seen yeah. some shows, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I always preface this question, Chris, with, you know, the number of times you've seen Bruce is not a fair barometer of how many times you've seen how big of a fan you are because it just depends on how old you are what's your economic situation but i know how many shows you've seen because we talked about before i hit record but for my audience uh how many times 80 very nice and uh you are wearing a shirt that celebrates that it is a great, it is, uh, and this was before Broadway, he was sharing with me. It says 79 shows and counting, which uh, I love that. I love that a lot. Well, so when you shot me an email, you had quick blurbs about shows. So I'm just going to start sharing and, and start me off. What story do you want to tell me first, Chris? Okay. <laughs> Probably the best one, um, when my wife and I got together, we've been together now 18 years. She had never seen a show of anybody. She's now done 40 Bruce shows. Very nice. Talk about turning a convert. Yeah. Um, she just went along. She would not ever know kind of where we were. Just we were going to a show. Um, probably one of the best shows we did was Miami um, on the Rising Tour, back mm -hmm. when the fans ran the lines. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. We were 68 and 69 in line. So, of course, we were on the stage. Oh, um, nice. And prove it all night, getting sweated on. Oh, wow. You couldn't ask for any better, right? No. I mean, that's your song. There you're getting this. Yeah. Um, we did Somerville together. Okay. Um, which was really cool in the fact that that's a one-off. We went yeah. both nights. Um I did a big donation, so I ended up being, well, actually, my wife got a hold of the editor after I had paid all the money and arranged for us to be basically front row center. Nice. So, you know, piano, harmonica, guitar, and 
900 people in a theater was really cool. Yeah. Um, we did the, so consequently we got to do the um, pre-show meet and greet and everything. Um, which was cool about that was he came out of the balcony like he'd been sleeping for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife and I had gotten separated by about six feet. I was the third one basically to go shake his hand. And I literally walked him over to my wife <laughs> so that she would get the opportunity to talk to him, etc. She's messing with his hair because it was all messed up. We went down the stairs across the bottom of the place, went back up the other side. By then, he'd worked himself through the crowd. I got the last autograph. Oh, nice. He gave that night. The highlight of that, though, even was better in that when we went up there in the afternoon, Somebody walked out of Double Take magazine. We walked in there. Now, this is a time where they had dogs sniffing for bombs and everything like that. Sure. We went up and found the editor of the magazine and we're talking to him. Elevator doors, a double elevator was opening and closing. I could hear Bruce doing sound check. Mm -hmm. I slipped away. I got to see Stolen Car. Oh, nice. Pretty much all by myself. And I know it's kind of a rare song. So, yeah, that was really cool. It freaked that, the, the um, editor of the magazine out really bad. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> but I had a great time. What are you doing? Um, what are you doing? Get back here. Get back here. Yeah. Well, he didn't. No, they didn't even really notice I was gone until a couple minutes later. And then he was panicking. I was mm-hmm. told. That's funny. <clears throat> Did. Um, so I, I've only met him when at, at a, the book signing that happened a few years ago when he had his autobiography out and I stood in line for my couple of hours in Austin, you know, and got to tell, you know, three seconds with him. Um, how long did you get to talk to him at the meet and greet? Um, a minute or two kind of deal. Not very, cause he kept moving through the crowd. Sure. Um, I have actually met him a few times. Um, I got his autograph in Miami on Ghost of Tom Jode. Um, after that show, he wouldn't sign address, but I said, listen, my three-year-old daughter knows who you are, et cetera, sign it to her. So I got him to sign it to Jordan. I spelled her name with a Y and I told him how to spell it and he wrote it out. Oh, nice. Um, I went to Asbury Park one time on a Memorial weekend where Nils played the Stone Pony. He played that night with him, but Bruce played in the park that afternoon. Okay. And I rolled through there, so I got to meet him there. I got close pictures of that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I've gotten a couple times where I've made him. And I've got, had a couple times where I've missed the opportunity. Too. Sure. Like all of yeah. <laughs> like all of this. Yeah. So um, you, you mentioned uh, you've been at a couple of shows that are memorable. For example, Tampa. After Danny. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that. It was pretty emotional kind of thing. Um, Michael had come over from Germany, mm-hmm. um, which he has done a number of times. Um, but it was just, I mean, my hope, I, uh, those were the shows, those couple three right there all together. I also took all my kids to. Okay. So it was a family deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, to me, more personal than anybody else because I've been in, in Bruce that long. Um, like losing a family member kind of thing. Yeah. And um, you, how did you meet Michael? I decided one year to sell the collection. Okay. I just didn't want to do it anymore. Um, and it needed to go somewhere that 
you know, I just I just needed to part with some of it. So mm-hmm. I started eBay and stuff, and he started buying stuff. And then we started talking, and he wanted to buy the whole thing, and I didn't really want to do that because part of the collection is it's an investment. That's what right. you do it for, too, down the line. Um, but he took about three-quarters of everything that I had, and it all went to Germany. Wow. Another big portion of what I had, magazine-wise and literature and stuff, went to, is it Manmoth University? Yes, the, it is, yeah. Okay, the Bruce Springsteen Collection. I'm a charter member of that. Um, I was dealing with Bob Crane mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, he was buying stuff, and I was also sending stuff there. So a lot of my stuff is in there. Um, and back in the day, we did tape trading. Right. Okay, so I had a massive cassette tape collection from the very beginning, like through, you know, whatever, Um, which I then converted to MP3 when that technology came out. And I shipped actually boxes um, that fit four gallons jugs in them of tapes to Australia to a guy so he could start his collection. Oh, how cool. Yeah, it just that way. I mean, that's just the way it kind of worked. You know, we all traded stuff. Um, when I didn't want to have all the CDs and the MP3s anymore, I just boxed them all up and I sent it to the collection. Very nice. Um, what's the oldest piece of memorabilia that you still have? The blinded by the light sleeve and okay. But there is some stuff, you know, I've got t-shirts and stuff like that put away. I'm just looking around the room going, what's the oldest stuff I got? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What? Um, oh, my tickets, you know, the ticket from the 78 show is probably the oldest thing I got. Plus yeah. the posters I found. It's actually yeah. original. That's very cool. Um, so talk about, um, you said you were there when 41 Shots was played for the first time. Atlanta. Yes. Along with further on up the road. Right. Um, I did a lot of shows I got into doing um, just concerts in particular. I'm a concert fanatic, so I've been to pretty much everywhere. Okay. I did audio through a lot of shows along with Bruce. I also did Bruce video. Um, Those were shows that I got on tape. So they're world premiere songs and I got to record them. Very nice. Yeah. I made, I've probably made about 14 videos and I've made, 14 to 20 audio shows. Yeah. So um, I've been told some of the audios, uh, some of the videos um, are not out there. They need to be converted. If anybody wants to help me do that project, I'd like some help. Absolutely. Um, but I've done some cool things with that too. Um, example, video wise, I did an indie show from very close. Um, and he pulled the fan up on stage to play with him. And it went out on to the network, you know, did anybody do the show? So my tape ended up with this fan. So down the line, he can pull it out when he says to his kids, yeah, I got to play with Bruce. And they go, oh, yeah, right. He can show them. That's nice. Yeah. Um, I got busted in Orlando video wise. Yes. Talk to me about that. They took me downstairs into the big layout where all the food was and everything talking to me that I shouldn't be doing this. And at the time I had a Jersey shirt on that had just strictly Jersey dates. And the only way that you could have that at that time was to have been there, which I was. Yeah. 
So they're like, you know what the deal? I said, listen, all I do is my own stuff. I don't believe in bootlegging, which I never have. Um, we share the music. We share the, the, the live stuff. That's all I've ever believed in. So they took my can the, the video camera and they took my tape and said, you know, come back after the show that you can have it back. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm down in this room and they're yapping at me. But when they took me back to deposit me back into the crowd, they took me up the side of the stage. So I'm like an inch at a time step as I'm going up the stage ramp and then down the front of the stage so I could be on the side of the stage for as long as I possibly could. Yes, absolutely. So that was very cool. Yeah, it's um, very cool. I have also made... So some of my um, D, my um, videos, there's a couple that have been made into DVDs. It's called the Nearling Collection Volume 1, Volume 2. The really cool thing that I've done, though, is the Atlanta Soundcheck. Talk to me about what that is. Okay. It's um, a soundcheck from 1988, Tunnel of Love. It was done at the Omni. Um, back in the day when I was doing tapes, um, we were walking around the Omni one day and, you know, 20 bucks got us in. We were behind the stage, so we laid down on the floor, I put the microphones between two chairs, and the band slowly came on. They did just messing around for a while, and then they did a 45-minute sound check of cover songs. The only Bruce song they did was Tunnel Love, which was the last thing they played as the doors were opening and people were coming into the arena. I had no clue as to what I had on this thing. Yes. But basically, I went, we left the arena, and the lady's like, you can't leave, you know, you took the stuff there. And I'm like, you know, okay, fine. Went out, put the thing in the car, and started listening to it, and I got a crowd. What is this? It's a sound check. It, I sent it out to about six people. It literally went around the world. Um, somebody in Italy bootlegged it onto a record with um, the cover shot of Bruce walking through the empty arena type of deal. Um a girl that I traded with a lot who lived in Chicago told the Stone Pony in London that I had done it. They sent me the copy. Oh, so nice. I got a copy of my album that I made. Now, what really is cool is reading Ken's daily blogs on songs. Yes. He did Lucky Day the other day, which is a song Bruce has done like once. Right. And, and hold on just a minute, Chris. For those of you who don't know, obviously, this is Ken Rosens, who uh, does a daily blog on, you know, basically this day in Bruce Springsteen history. And he also does covers and, and where the bands are. So a, a absolutely mandatory website to go up to on a daily basis. So go ahead, Ken. Okay, so he okay, did Chris. Lucky Day the other day. Right. I didn't really realize what's on the album because when I've seen the album listing of the songs on the album itself, it'll say unknown. Mm -hmm. At the time, it wasn't all figured out. Okay, so I'm reading Lucky Day and I got down to the bottom and it says he played it one time on this date in March and it's the recording that I made. Wow. So, so literally the only recording of this song, I happen to be in the right place at the right time. So it got me curious. I asked Ken then after that, I said, what's on that record? And he said, most of it is one-offs and two-offs. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I just found this out like 32 years after I made the damn thing. How funny. I was thrilled. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. 
Now, you mentioned you've brought your your lovely bride to 40 shows and you've mentioned your kids. Um, are they Springsteen fans as well? Um, my wife is. My kids, yes and no. My daughter more than the other two kids, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, I, I can only imagine the excitement of right like that that atlanta sound check i mean that long of a 45 minutes a lot of covers that's got to be just that must have been just a thrill to hear that well the thing was is we're the only two guys in the place that are unauthorized right you know there's people in the ushers and things like that but i mean it was such so crystal clear because nobody was there i mean i can visually see it still yeah you know? There's not, you know, you forget things after a while on some stuff, but yeah, um, yeah, I was thrilled to be, you know, laying there. And then when I knew what I had, um, when I was listening to in the car, the clarity of it, um, yeah, I knew I, I was thrilled. That's awesome. Because That's- it's something that, you know, we were the only two in there. So it was, you, they're another unique show, I guess, like right. Stolen Car at Somerville was, mm-hmm. realizing now what I saw with these one-offs and two-offs. Yeah, I got a I got a very unique concert. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds great. Now you mentioned that you have a YouTube page where you you post some of these videos and sound clips, right? Yes. How uh where 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 can we find that? Under my name, Chris Neerling. Okay. And so if you do a Google search, that's C H R I S N I E R L I N G. Correct. On YouTube. Okay, right. very nice. Now I haven't been there in a while, so okay, you'd have to tell me what's on it. Oh well, you know that's uh, the internet never dies, right? No, I know, I know. Yeah. Um, I this is going to be a tough question for you, Chris, but think about it if you need to. Of your memorabilia, what means the most to you? What two or three things that mean the most to you? The first concert ticket and the first poster. Yeah. Um, the Somerville stuff. You know, my my program is autographed. I have a clip, um, a guitar clip uh, pick. Um, that's really the first, you know, that was very intimate with my wife. So that's very yeah. memorable there. Um, I here's the thing you know over 80 shows i've been to some very very unique shows i did like on the reunion tour i did the last four or six of the first go round at in new jersey and then i did the last four in madison square garden all of which i taped Mm -hmm. um so there's a lot of cool stuff there um when i did the new jersey round um i was walking around with a video camera the next day and i've got friends now in new jersey that i've had for 20 years because of me making a tape and walking around they're like hey you want to eat come on type oh of that's thing. great yeah um when i hauled sharon around she would never know where we're at we'd be in an airport you know waiting for hours to get mm-hmm. on a plane instead of you know going yeah. to a hotel and just things like that um stuff that i You know, that's hard to say. You know, I went after stuff um, collecting-wise now that has some meaning to it. Um, right. After the Miami show, 
um, on the rising tour, my little brother, who's not around anymore, worked at a place called Pearls, which is a restaurant. And okay. Lil Cuban showed up there. Um, the bandana that my brother had on was signed. Little Steven was here. They've got pictures of arm and arm. And Jason got little Steven to write out a menu to me with his signature on it. Very cool. Um, which is up on the wall. And eventually I try to show the camera. Yeah, you know, sure. Around. Absolutely. Um, so when little Steven came around a couple, three years ago, hard rock and whatnot, I took that picture. I showed it to him and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a recollection of it, so to speak, but yeah, um, it's a cool memory and it's not because we blew the opportunity to go down to the restaurant and party with little Steven. Yes, absolutely. That's great. Did what, when you went to Broadway, did you get any memorabilia from that or talk about going to Broadway? It was cold. I'm in Florida, man. I was freezing. I bet. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't do a lot of collecting anymore as far as that goes. I have, because okay. Michael does most of the stuff. He's, he takes everything. Okay. Um, we've, I got a couple things here and there, but I'm not one to spend a lot of money anymore on that. Okay. I'd rather go see the show. Okay. Um, yeah. So, all right. So I've got to ask you, what did you think? What are you thinking of Letter to You? Um, I like ghosts a lot. Yeah. It speaks to me kind of in the same way, I guess, um, past life, you know, and, and bring, you know, memories there. Um, I haven't had a whole lot of time to delve into it as far as listening to a whole lot of it yet. Okay. Been busy. But I do like it. Like, like, here's the thing. Western stars. I didn't get into the first one or two song. I've never listened to the record. I just couldn't get into it. It just didn't do anything. Click for me. Whereas when Letter to You and Ghost was released, it clicked right away, especially with Ghost. So, you know, totally different. To me, it's going back to the roots of stuff, which is, I think, is where he wanted to go a lot with this album anyway. I think he did. Did you see the Western Stars film? No. Okay. You should check that out. It's it's pretty cool. Yes. I know. Yeah, I know. Like I said, just didn't click. Yeah, I understand. Absolutely. But here's the thing, too. You know, I'm a big fan of Human Touch and Lucky Town. Right. Um, and you get a lot of, you know, and I'm not a big fan of Born in the USA. Right. I'm just not. Although Born in the USA in itself and a couple of the songs on there have grown on me. Right. But, you know, I'm kind of the oddity here and there. I, I know a lot of people that don't like Human Touch, Lucky Town, and fell in love with Born in the USA. Born in the USA was a pop album. And in the 80s, you know that, every band out there went pop. Right. Grow your audience, that's fine. But it was hard on on hardcore fans or or longtime fans when he changed so dramatically. Yeah. Now, like Born in the USA, though, I've seen so many different variations of it and how it's done. I have a huge respect for that song. Sure. Very much so. Do you, besides Darkness, do you have other favorite albums that you know that did click with you that did do mean a lot to you well like i said human touch lucky town i like those songs there's a lot on those human touch um brilliant disguise um um it's not clicking that's okay better Uh, days is one of my favorites better days yes yes 
there's a lot of stuff on those two albums I like. Um, and my wife likes a lot of that stuff too. She loves Brilliant Disguise. Yeah, exactly. Did um, so you hopefully he's touring again. Yes. Uh, we want that to happen again. We're all, uh, you know, after, especially for those of us who watched him on Saturday Night Live, we're like, Good okay, job. we're ready to happen. We're ready for this to go again. Um, are there songs that you haven't heard live that you're still chasing with as many shows as you've been to? No, not really. Um, Cause I've gone back and looked at what I've seen, you know, compared on stuff. And I have seen a hell of a lot of songs. Yeah. Um, all the songs that I grew up with, obviously I've never seen darkness played in full or born to run. Well, no, I take that back. Um, I saw born to run. I went to Nashville with, and took my daughter up there. Okay. Um, but darkness, I've seen everything played. The first two, three albums, I've seen them all played. And I did okay. get to go to Buffalo and see Greetings played front to back. Yes. So, and from the front too. Right. <laughs> front of the audience. Um, so I've seen pretty much, there's not really anything that I can think of. Um, some of my favorite songs like Human Touch, Back in Your Arms. I love that song. And I've been sure. able to see that a few times. Blood Brothers. Um, obviously, he played Blood Brothers a little differently at at Tampa, and he also played Blood Brothers hugely different on the last reunion show. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I've gotten to see those kind of things um, with the shows I've been to, those unique little rarities. Mm -hmm. So what have I not asked you that I should have, Chris? Hell, I don't know. <laughs> well, I didn't know if maybe there was another story that I had I've forgotten to ask you about. Let me look over my crib notes that I sent you. That sounds great. Yes. <laughs> um, no. Okay. Um, I did now. Do you still have a couple of guitars signed by him? Yes. Or did all those go? Okay. That would no, be no, tough. No. Okay. I have two electrics. One is signed by him only. It's dated 2000. Um, my, uh, my acoustic, I let Michael take with him. Mm -hmm. I have this is all leading up to the other guitar yeah. I have the first seven albums all signed mm -hmm. I have Born in the USA full band from that area I yeah. have um, Greetings signed full band from that era oh, and wow. Vinny wrote on it when Vinny signed it he dated it 71 Bruce signed it from Asbury Park with love Bruce Springsteen nice Okay, I have a full band guitar from the reunion era, so it's a little different as far as band members, obviously. But Bruce signed it from Asbury Park with love, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> so I have a '71 album with that signature and a 2000 some guitar with the same inscription. That's cool. It is. It's very cool. That's very nice. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who can't tell, um, we have video going on. This is an audio podcast. But um, after we finish recording, he's going to give me a quick tour. But just from the background, you can see framed stuff and and guitars holding. And it, it looks like his his uh, 
his man cave or you know his his Bruce shrine looks awful good. Listen, this is really funny. My stuff has been mostly put away because where my man cave is now has been dead. Okay. The, my desk in the office was in a back room shared with the grandkids' playroom. Okay, right. So I had some stuff on the wall. So Sharon wandered bedroom back. So my office came out here to the man cave and everything came off the wall. What I found out was I got more space in this room to hang stuff mm -hmm. up. So I yeah. literally took advantage of every bit of wall space. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Um, all right. Before we get to the Mary question, um, any final thoughts you want to share, Chris? You know, he's, Bruce's music has played a lot in my life, a lot of meaning up and down, um, hard times and good times, both. I can go back and play songs and um, it'll take me back to different places and times through my life. And, and if I've needed stuff, needed pick me up, um, I go back to darkness. I mean, obviously that album's a little bit on the dark side, so to speak. Sure. Um, but it goes back to fighting for yourself and, and don't let anybody give you any crap. Mm -hmm. That's what prove it means. Yeah. You, know? you got to go out there and do it every day. Um, you know, it's, it's been a part of my life with my business. Um, I built a business where I've, I'm 26 years and what I'm doing as far as my, my business, I've been doing my profession for 40. Um, but you got to go out there and do the job every day the right way or you're not going to succeed. You got to go out and do the job with your family every day or you're not going to succeed. And that's like with Prove It, that's what hooked me. Um, I think well said. Um, you know, and I love that, Chris. Um, I've shared this often on the podcast that you know, Better Days is the song that speaks for me. I, I believe that too many people um, do not enjoy the journey. They, they think about, well, when I get a raise, then I'll be happy. When the kids get out of diapers, then I'll enjoy being a parent, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you got to enjoy every phrase. And so Better Days means a lot to me. Uh, I've never thought about Prove It All Night that way. But as you share that, I think that's really beautiful and really insightful because, you know, it is a call to arms to say, you know, you have to prove it. And, and every day you've got to prove it again, um, especially as you talk about, um, you know, with a job and with a marriage. Um, I, Linda and I have been married 35 years um, and it's, you know, it, people ask like, Oh, that's really impressive. And I, well, it, it was a lot of hard work. I mean, it was a, it's also a lot of fun and, and absolutely, but it is hard work to keep a relationship going that long. It and is. so, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. Here's the thing. If you go back, you know, like Winterland, the anniversary is like right now of that show yeah. from 78. So that's, what's in my CD player right now. And if you listen to prove it from 78, in the conversation, he says, you got to prove it every day, all day. It's part of the monologue in there. And that's what's always stuck. You know, even I, he says that. Yeah, I love that. I love that a lot. And that's that's really well done. Nicely said, my friend. All right. All right. So talk to me. 
for those of you who've never heard the podcast before, uh, the Mary question, Jay Armstrong is an honors English teacher in the Philadelphia area. And every uh, year he takes two days and with his seniors, they take the, they take the song Thunder Road, break down the lyrics, look at the imagery, talk about the themes and compare it to Robert Frost, The Road Not Taken. And then asks, he asks this class, does Mary get in the car? So Chris, that's your question. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? I would say yes. She wants to go see what the ride's going to be like, what that journey's going to be like, for sure. Good. I like that. That's a good answer. Good. Hey, talk, yes. let's talk about Michael a little bit. Please do. Okay. Michael Glazer, who you have talked to, I guess, here and there, is the guy that bought my collection. Yes. What's, okay. This is what's cool about Michael in that Bruce Music brought us together. Michael's history, he grew up in East Germany. He's about 10 years younger than I am, so his collecting passion is a decade behind where I'm at or where I was. He was part of the resistance to bring down the wall, not the night that it happened. Right. The whole process leading up to it. Wow. He was a teacher and a photographer still. Well, he's a photographer, but they would smuggle stuff across the border. And they'd go up to the school at night and print it off and distribute it. And I'm like, Michael, if you ever got caught doing this East German police, you'd like disappear. And he's like, yeah, just gone. Mm. Being that he is a photographer, he documented the movement, though. So once the wall fell down and I learned history about him because we started communicating so much and he wanted to build the collection and keep it together, which is really cool to me. Um, and it's massive now. Um, he actually had his hands on bringing down the damn thing before anybody else, you know, that night of bringing it all down. Wow. Because he was part of that. Um, years later, then his collaborators, they wrote a book. Mm -hmm. He's got about 26 or so pages in this book. Also, the town that he grew up in, they took his photography work blew him up into gigantic museum pieces and they had a display of his work in his town where he grew up. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So he has come over here numerous times. We've done probably five tours together. Okay. And we'll do multiple shows on those tours. We've right. been all over the East, up and down the East coast and whatnot. And he actually took me to Broadway. I got myself there, but he ended up getting tickets, you know, in Germany and me sitting in the U.S. How funny. Didn't get tickets. Right. Yeah, right? So I got to go. But um, it's very interesting that he's become one of my great friends. And I actually know a guy that actually changed history. Yeah, that's very cool. Not just that night, but actually the whole time. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you should, um, you should reach out to him. And, and, you know, if he wants, we could, we could all three be in a conversation together. If he's less nervous, we could just get all three of us together and visit. And I know? think I can get him to do that because one of the times that he was here, we went to the radio station local here and did a half hour okay. little conversation. And it ended right. up being more him talking than me. 
because they yeah. wanted to know about this stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, because uh, I know I, I've shared this in the past, but I've had a couple of times where I've had people uh, from overseas that said, well, my English isn't good enough, Jesse. And so what I did is I, I emailed them the list of questions I would ask. And I said, record your answers and then I'll edit it together, you know, because that way you wouldn't be. So, no, I would love to have him. I'd love to hear that story. I mean, um, there is a um, Terry Smith who does a music talk podcast has a friend and I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he was at one of those um, shows in Berlin Mm-hmm. that they think put pressure on, you know, that was helping that and wanted to talk about that story. So I would love to hear Michael's uh, thoughts and, and stories. That that would be amazing. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, very good. He, and everything that he still buys comes to my house. Okay. So even though I don't collect anymore, I get to see it all. That's it's nice. cheaper for him to send it to me. And then when he comes over here, he picks it all up in a bunch of suitcases and takes it home. Also, German German customs isn't very nice. We sent yes. about forty posters over one time. Yeah, they destroyed the tube. Oh no! They ripped that's it open and ripped it almost everything in half. That is that is horrible. So that's why he comes over here and gets his stuff. Well, very nice. Um, so, Chris, are you on social media at all? Facebook. Okay. Pretty much it. Um, uh, okay. I have my my business, and then I have personal. So uh, where in Florida are you? Um, Bellevue, Ocala, okay. which is the middle of horse country. We have okay. more horses and whatnot than Kentucky. Okay. Um, I'm like 50 miles south of Gainesville, University okay. of Florida. All right. Hey, I got you here. You got to go ahead and give us, a, give us a pitch. If someone wants their carpet cleaned in the area, how do they reach you? Um, well, 352-572-9184. Um, Chris's Carpet Care on Facebook. Um, uh, my my domain name on my website is carpetcleanocaliflorida.com, which is the search words if you put them in. I had a brilliant web designer on that one. Very nice. Well, I mean, you know, hey, you got to get we we Bruce fans got to stick together. Oh yeah, yeah. So and you know, and, hey, if you're a Bruce fan, why wouldn't you want you know? Because you can uh, not only get your carpet clean, but you can and swap a little pit stories. So um, I actually nice. run into people that I do do that with. Yes. Absolutely. When I find out people have been, it's like, okay, where's the conversation going to go? Yes, absolutely. That is great. Chris, this has been a blast. I, I really appreciate your time. And, and I hope that we, the three of us, can sit down, you and I can sit down with Michael and talk about this and, uh, you know, and, and, Keep me posted when you watch Western Stars, the film, reach out to me and go, okay, Jesse, now I want to talk about it. Okay. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. Listeners, you please be safe. Wash your hands. Remember to social distance, you know, wear an effing mask, be good to each other because heaven knows we need it. But for now, take care and we'll talk to you soon. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlessingbruce at gmail.com. 
The show is on Twitter, at SetLustingBruce, and my personal Twitter is at DFW. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, that listening Bruce. Set Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.